Hi there, and welcome to the Engage MarTech podcast. Research shows the marketing function is playing an increasingly important role within the organization, as advances in marketing technology enable greater customer understanding and insight, allowing organizations to increasingly personalize and tailor their offering to ever more demanding and proactive customers. For over a decade, we've helped some of the world's biggest brands engage, understand, and consistently deliver on the expectations of their customers through our industry-leading conferences and online digital media. Find out more, visit engagemartech.com. In this episode, we hear from Chantelle Reed, Director of Marketing and Market Engagement at TTEC. A career marketer and communication specialist for 30 years, her areas of specialism are marketing and change, growth operating model focus, and vision thought leadership. I hope today to impart some real information for you from my 30 years of being a career marketer. To those of you who are in the beginning of your career and mid-career, um, I'll talk about TTEC very briefly. We, we are actually one of the largest providers of customer experience, consultancy, solutions, and people in the world. But you probably, probably have never heard of us, and there's a reason for that. Um, we are scaling into the UK and also into EMEA. Um, we are actually 40 years old. Uh, we provide contact centers, yes, and technology, and we are a systems integrator for some of the, for, for Microsoft, AWS, Google, you, you name it, Cisco, Genesis, and we systems integrate as well. So that's enough of the promotion for that. <laughs> but if we, we, are, we are coming into Europe, so watch this space. And just to say, customer experience is also coming in a big way. And as marketers, please, please, please look out how you're going to manage that. Super. Well, Chantal, you know, for this audience here, what I'd love to do is, is to get you thinking about when you joined uh, T-Tech. Um, how did you go about it? What have you done? What's been the story? Um, and in particular, what, what's useful for this group of people who've come in here to listen to us today that they can take away and use from your experience and knowledge? Yeah, well, um, just to say, I, I've been a consultant prior to going back permanent, and I thought I'd never go back permanent to any organization, but I was a consultant for 10 years and changed um, post my other, other career in marketing. And one of the, what brought me to T-Tech is that we're landing the brand in Europe, although we've already got multi-million pound companies already with us. Now, when you're a marketer and you've gone through, you seem to feel that you've seen it all. The point of, firstly, and the excitement of landing a brand, but also in a hugely disruptive and changing environment that we're seeing today for marketers. It is the biggest change that certainly I've seen from my 30 years, moving the data piece. Big data was the word 10 years ago, but now it's siloed and smart data, and we're actually able to use it as marketers. And as you all know, measurement of success is the only way we get on the board. And, and marketers need to be on the board. And I, I think it's, it's a really exciting time to be in this industry, whether you're in the start of your career or in the, in the mid of your career. And what would your advice be for these guys here in terms of where they go next year, moving forward, given the situation we find ourselves in, from what you've learned? Well, I've, I've racked my brains because there's so much I could talk about, and, and I tell you what, I could talk for a hinder legs off a donkey, I really could. Um, but there were three things that I felt I'd, I'd really want to impart to, to you guys. Um, 
One is data, and when I say data, I'm talking about when you come into a new organisation, and, and you, you, it's big business, you know, our ACV, our um, average contract value is around about half a million. Um, we can go up to 20 million, it could be more than that. So how do you get buyers, and it's not one buyer anymore, is it? It's not even seven buyers. I heard the other day it was 13 buyers, touch points. And over a long buying period and a long buying cycle, how do you get them to part with 20 million? But that's not just the, the, the part of it. But the second thing is put their faith and their trust in you as a brand and your solutions. No matter how big we are in the States and we're on NASDAQ and we've got 65,000 people worldwide, why? And, and that, I think, there's three things. The data piece that I want to talk to you about is how do you, uh, how do you find the right person at the right time that has the need for what you want to sell? And that is something that, when we talk about change, marketing hasn't changed in that regard. That is it. The right person, the right time, with the right need. In the how you get to the, the actual person, that's the channel. That's changed over the years. There's digital, there's traditional, there's, it depends. But data is how you're going to do it. And I've, I've written it down because I didn't want to miss anything. <laughs> um, data, the, the, when I first came in, I did an audit of who, what data will we be using at the moment. And we're a global organization, so we do have the opportunity to utilize the tools that are happening in the US. But because we were quite kind of a satellite organization in the UK from uh, sort of five, six years ago, the pr my predecessor didn't use data. So I had to look at what, what have we got already? Because you can't change everything overnight. You have to work with what you've got. So don't, don't go, the, the best thing to do is not go in, and although CEOs do this all the time, to be honest, go and go, right, change, right, get rid of that person, get rid of that, and, and don't do that. What, what I really suggest you do is you listen, you observe, you talk, you find out a lot, you audit. It's all from any consultant, will tell you. And that's what I did for 10 years. You, did, you were a consultant. Listen and audit what's going on right now. Also, where do they want to be, the outcome? Where do they want to be? Why have you come in? What do they see in your role that you're going to get to that, that nirvana? What is it exactly? And that's a, that's a good conversation to have with your manager. And also with the senior leaders, if you get the chance to speak to them, is what you do really, ex what do you want me to do? I've got an idea, but I, what, what do you see my role? But you don't have to then do that role. You can then just make sure that you conduct yourself in a way that gets to the outcome. But you've got to know what they want you in there to do. But from a data perspective, so I came in and I looked at, they'd never had an ICP. They didn't know what their ICP was. They do in the States, but this is in the MIA region. So I'd also run an SDR team. Sorry. I also run an SDR team. It's um, uh, sales development representatives, or BDRs, uh, as well as being the marketer. And I come on to that relationship between sales and marketing and why I came out of consultancy to go into a permanent role. Is this is, it is just how this sales and marketing should be structured. I work directly with a sales, sales team. And, and what you need to do from an ICP point of view is find out do you know who that really is? Who's your ideal customer profile? Who really is it for that value proposition that you're after? 
Secondly, look at the fit models and the fit models of in the type of companies, and I, that's what I had to come, uh, come and do. I did, uh, you know, there's lots of d d data tools, but look at the fit model for what you sell and what your outcome is, and have, do we really understand who that is? Um, and that can mean organization, size, where they are in their own customer journey, um, but also what they're actually trying to, themselves, trying to achieve um, in the market. Um, so the SDRs, um, the SDRs that I inherited, um, and a lot of SDRs nowadays, BDRs, don't really do data. What they do is they call up. They're good at calling up, getting, they want the meeting, they'll get the meeting. But who, I, I said to them, who are you calling? Who, and why? Um, and that is like, some of you in the room are going, yeah, I know this. That, but, but it's so interesting, a lot of B2B companies don't really get it that, if you've got a limited number of SDRs, you need them to be calling the right people at the right time with the right message. So how do you get that? Well, you use the data. So first and foremost, what I said to them is that look at the industry and the size. What's, the, what's our fit model? And I worked with the states with our strategy guys to, to work that out. And the fit model is based on who do you sell to today and where do you get? What's the low-hanging fruit? Ooh, I, I used it. Oops. <laughs> um, Where's the, where can you actually, uh, where do you know that you've got credentials and referenceability? Because it's really, really hard to get into organizations that you, even in different industries, that, that you haven't, you know, in hospitality, for example, or in, in, um, in utilities, even though what you're selling is as valuable from a benefits perspective as it is across any industry. Um, so the second thing, a really good, important thing is that once you've got your data set, and I call them data sets, and they've got to be siloed into data sets of industry, size, and where they might be on the, our journey, is, is look at the intent. So you, the data nowadays, AI, is amazing what you can see from some of these organizations that I've used in the past at, when I was at Dell and, and, and as a consultant, where they... they basically farm the internet for all the information that's publicly available. And from an AR perspective, they can hone down straight into an account or a brand and see what that brand is um, surging on at that particular, on that particular day. So for example, in customer experience, we have 20 intent triggers that we use to, and I use, to, to basically see what, whether the account is searching on certain things. And you can even put your competitors in it. Because if they're searching for a competitor, it could be that they're ready to buy or they're, they're in the market. Um, it's not as easy as that. I mean, this is all about trying to take it from the big funnel, top of funnel, and getting down to that, that, that nugget of data who's going to help you and support you and, and work mm. and, and get your money. So, and, and finally, just to say, so once you've got the intent, you then look at things like scoops and news that's coming out of that particular account. Mm. I mean, this is a lot of work. This mm. isn't just like picking up the phone and mm. calling. This is my SDRs have to look at the scoops and to see if they're a new hiring, mm. they go into Sales Navigator, they, get the, they, they create their account lists. They've got to understand is that it, given certain triggers that I have for them, mm. which is like, are, are you seeing, are they in digital transformation? Have they brought on a new hire of a head of ex customer experience? Are they, um, are they going into new markets? 
you know, things like that, they need to have their customer experience, their, their technology, their contact centers, and their customer service really, really, like, like perfect, really, Brilliant. once Brilliant. they do that. Great. So we've, we've had, a, had a look around the whole issue of data. I also want to talk about stakeholders and managing stakeholders. I, I, I remember working for several years with, with quite a big Japanese motor retailer who were going from restricted quotas sales in the different countries, which meant 33 countries with their own operation doing things their own way, yeah. to being able to open the floodgates and sell as many as they could. So they need to move from this very individualized approach to the market to a fully integrated, centralized, cohesive European market strategy. So you can imagine the politics and the fun and games we had trying to get individual distributors who are their own businesses to agree to work under a common brand and a common marketing strategy. And it took several years to do it, but we, we did it and it succeeded. But the point I'm making is there are lots of stakeholders that a marketeer needs to take into account. You've got fast-moving change as well. We've got recession. We've got a whole bunch of different issues here. We've also got the culture of sales and marketing within your own organization, the way you work together. So what would you say it's critical now for marketers of today to be able to do to make sure that stakeholders are, are lined up um, and, and integrated and focused properly. Right. Well, this is where I, what I love because I, I, when I started in the change con uh, consultancy, I was wide-eyed, bushy-tailed, and thought everyone's going to listen to me because I know what I'm doing. <laughs> no, nah, nah, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. So, don't. My biggest word of advice is don't judge a book by its cover. When you walk into a new organisation, everybody's on on the, the best behaviour. And everyone is, um, at any, whatever level you go in, you are, they're sussing you out and you're sussing them out. Take a long time to suss them out. And I'm not saying don't be authentic. Be you, be real, but, but listen. I went into a large bank when I was doing the, the, the consulting change in the large bank. I didn't speak for about three months, which, you know, as you can probably tell, that's quite difficult. Um, <laughs> But the three months that I was listening, I was doing the job, I could do the job, I'd work the strategy out in probably a week on my own from a straw man perspective and then talk to the stakeholders. But you can't do, necessarily do it like that. But you need to understand, obviously, and go down in, really into the nitty gritty. Who is what they say they are and act they are and act like they are? Who, who, who don't befriend too easily, don't befriend, befriend as quickly as you may want to, because at some point you might have a difficult conversation with that person. So it's, it's very important to keep professional, and professional means you be yourself, but try and observe them for quite a long time, um, and keep them, um, realise where they are in the influencing circle to get to the outcome you, as from your role, has to get. So if, if you know what you need to do, just start thinking about where those stakeholders fit in getting you where you need to be in terms of what you're doing, not in terms of you know, PR or anything. But it's, it's really important because you can come a cropper. And I've done it. I have failed. There's failing, and then you've got to reach back up and get their trust again. Um, and my, my thoughts, my one reason for being here is, that, is to impart this type of knowledge. But... 
is that no one ever told me, and none of my family are in marketing, good Lord, no. Um, you know, nobody, in terms of mentors, you never had mentors, you know, who are they? Um, but you need a mentor nowadays to help you and support you. I'm, I'm not saying me, by the way. Um, but it's really important to, to really understand how the psyche of a stakeholder works. Um, that's, so that's the type of stakeholder. You suss out what type of stakeholder they are. Um, so the, the next thing is the influencer the true influencer. There's those that talk, those that have a talk a good game, mm -hmm. but actually they don't. They don't, they don't influence that everybody else thinks like you do. And you've got to realise that. Um, there's those that do. They're real doers. And they'll get and they'll help whenever they want, and they're brilliant, but they might not be as good at strategy, or no one's ever asked them to look at strategy. And so if you're managing people like that, you need to help them. And the, the final thing, I think, um, you've got to review how they, they impact your outcomes. But also, what relationships do they have with senior leadership? And I hate to say this, but if senior leadership, ha if they have the ear of senior leadership, you have to, to see how you can influence those people. Brilliant. Brilliant. So it's a, bit, it's a bit sort of, you know, dragon's den. But, um, but the final thing, final I promise, yeah, is, yeah. right, management. Um, stakeholder matrices, you probably all know about stakeholder matrices and how you, how you, um, you've got to ascertain where people fit in these matrices when you're trying to um, influence change. Um, the, the one thing I would say is, that don't take, take it at face value, that, that at the end of the day, change is really, really, people find it really, really disruptive. And they may not act the way they normally act, so you just, you know, they might be scared for their roles, you know, anything can be happening in, in that change. So just take some time to, to really review them and, and to, to observe, but also be yourself is, is, is where I'm coming from. Great. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold on there because I want to give someone a chance to, to take advantage of you, Chantel, in the intellectual sense. Um, does anybody have a question? Yes. Top five intense triggers. Well, they, they change based on what, um, what you're selling, what you're trying. So, for example, in customer experience, um, we are consultants, people, we, we advisors and contact centres, so the engage part of our business, we call it, and also technology. So, um, for example, my, uh, ten, uh, if someone's looking for customer experience, contact centre solutions, contact centre man management, um, contact center, uh, sorry, customer journey mapping. That means that they're quite senior because they know what that is in terms of consulting. Um, it's that kind of thing. So you, in, when you go into these tools, um, you usually get an account manager who, who can support you and give you a view of, in your industry, what are those intents that you can track. Great. So it's, it's, it's dependent on what you need. One more quick one. There was one down here, yeah? Yes. When you have small budgets, you become really creative. And 
um, it, even in large organisations, I've worked for a lot of them, they're, I mean, they're, they're relatively small sometimes. I think big budgets make people spend money willy-nilly and mm. just do it because they can mm. and because they look good, not because they can then measure. So I, my biggest mantra is you have customers, yes? You have customers. Speak to those customers. That's, that's for free. Do some research with your own customers. Find the white space. What is it that they're saying about your industry that or your product or your solution? But your industry, I'm trying to do so that thought leadership that's real thought leadership, that's not white paper, white paper, white paper. It's actually based on what people are actually saying. Find the white space and then content, content, content. And that's easy. That's just plugging in. And that's you. That's from you as a, as a solution provider. That, that, and the second thing is, I think, um, when you've got small budgets, it is it's work with your sales team. Right. Work very closely with your sales team because that's where you'll be able to see the, the, the demand and the lead generation and help them and support them. Very tight on time. Oh, sorry. Would you like to thank uh, Chantal oh. for that? That's terrific. Uh. Yes, that's marvelous. Thanks, buddy.